The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Okay, I'm almost to Ramoth Gilead. Now, what did Elisha tell me? What did he tell me? Okay, oil. Ah, check. I have the oil. He told, take the oil and. And look for Jehu, and Jehu, uh, can I remember how Jehu looks? Uh, he's the commander of the army, so he shouldn't be hard to find. So oil, Jehu, and then take the oil and pour it on his head and say, uh, what did he say, what did he say, what did he say? I don't want to mess this up. I have anointed you king over Israel. I'm sure there was more. Ah, uh, mm. Oh, yes. As soon as I do this, I must flee. Okay, cool. So oil, anoint, and then leave. Oil, anoint, and then leave. Okay, okay. Ah, okay, cool. I'm almost here. Okay. Uh, Commander, uh, I have a message for you. You have a message for me? Yeah. Commander, you. I have a message for you. Uh, uh, come with me inside. Um, okay. So... Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. You shall strike down the house of Ahab your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males of Israel, both bond and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. The dog shall eat Jezebel on the ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. <sighs> okay, I'm gone! Join us as we unravel the crippling events that unfold in 2 Kings chapter 8. These events are filled with political intrigue, prophetic declarations, and most of all, a clash of power. Get ready to witness the unfolding of divine justice and the fulfillment of ancient prophecies. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast here with your hosts. Nakaz Gay. And Earl Roberts. Hold on. Yes, I'm going to do this mid thing. We, we ain't even at the table, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> now we're at the table. But definitely appreciate everyone tuning in again with us. Uh, yeah, hopefully everyone will have a great week. Um, how's your week been, right? Well, my week was tiring. Mercy. A lot of work this week. You know, a lot of work around the house, work at work. You know, but 
It's good to see progress. Oh, mm-hmm. um, remember what I was sharing with you all last Sabbath, bro? I lost my streak in the Bible app. Oh, I feel so deflated. So for those who don't understand, um, in the Bible app, I think the company is called Version, but it's like a app that they just have a bunch of Bibles, mm-hmm. memory text. You can add friends to it. It's kind of a social platform. It's almost like like a LinkedIn for like Bible stuff like that or like social media or whatever. They have this feature where they show you streaks, like like how much days, how many days in a row you've opened this app. They don't they can't prove that you read it or not, but at least open the app, you know. And the day after my sermon. Mm-hmm. The day after I preached, mercy. I did not read the Bible. Mercy. Oh, I was livid. I was ups. I was upset. And, and that, that just made me realize I didn't even I, I didn't I wouldn't have shared that with you last week. But this might have been this is probably the first time you're hearing this, actually. I know it's I this. shared with somebody. Bro, so 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 far, you know, we recorded in June. It's like 180 days in the years around there but now i'm at one bro (laughs) oh man i just can't believe that i let the whole day go by especially knowing that i was really pushing myself and this streak was like keeping me accountable Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but oh man you know you gotta stay consistent (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely i definitely get that for me, my week has actually been pretty good. Um, I feel like <laughs> it's something we've talked about in different Bible characters, right? But it's always interesting when you feel the Holy Spirit teaching you a lesson mm. yourself. And so anyone who knows me, I'm a competitive guy, right? And this the, the God knows our hearts better than we know ourselves. Let's <laughs> just say I know, that. I think I know who you're going to, but go ahead. Where are you going? I don't know. Go on my body. I was thinking of something else there. Like the Holy Spirit. I don't like, I literally tell my woman today, I say, boy, mommy, God, God, God is a funny way of always humbling me. Hmm. And let's just say there are times in life when you really want something and it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out the way you want it, or it doesn't work out at all. And just like, and like instantly what happens, the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, bro, I got something better for you, but you just need to dial down your own aspirations. And when I say that, it's funny, right? Because we have a God who wants to give us the desires of our hearts, but he's not going to do that for you if the desires of your hearts are evil. Mm, whoa. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, and it's funny because we we talked when this was last week about a, a guy who had some secret desires in his heart to kill the king. And that's what Emily Elijah just was looking at each other like, yeah, you kind of know what's happening. Yeah. And we had a whole little mini debate or little discussion is the better word about like, did he know what he was going to do or did he not? But either way, God revealed to Elijah what was on this guy's heart. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes even when you think you might want the right thing, but if you want it for the wrong reasons, the right thing ain't good for you. And I think that was one of the things and the lessons that God was just humbling me this week. You know what I'm saying? And it's good. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here complaining. I'm not here like moaning moaning about it, but like God knows what's best for me. And in time, in due season, you will reap. I think that's like Galatians 6, someplace. Yeah, I know it in there somewhere. 
Let yeah. me ask you this. Let me go ask for you it. This. Oh, just go man. for it. Just go Come for on. it. Come on, see, because I'm thinking if I want to save this, our 150th episode coming up, bro. That is a like, oh, that's that's a big I, fact. Wait, wait, wait. It might not even be coming up. This might be it, bro. No, next episode. Next, next episode, episode is it. Next episode is it. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So for, for the 150th episode, bro, if it's all right, bro, I think we should, I think, you know, I, I joke it, but I, we should, we should go with the true or false. All right. And like, we should come up with, you come up with your 10 or 15, um, Bible, quote unquote, Fox or not Fox. You see what I mm. said? I come up with mine. And we can say true or false. Or, or we can have somebody, we can have some, we can have somebody probe. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I, 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 I come up, I find something this week, which is probably common knowledge. But mm. it really hit me that, oh, wait, the Bible don't say this. This is just assumed. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just so assumed. It's biblical, but it's not Bible. <laughs> exactly. And so because it's biblical, it, it's biblical and it's like, okay, I, 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 um, so when they say, when Jesus, when Jesus, um, was getting his feet washed by the woman, this is in Luke 17, right? They say, the, the Pharisee Simon, he was like, but if you know how much of a sinner this was, you wouldn't let her do that, right? Mm -hmm. They say she's a sinner. But if someone was to turn around and say she was a prostitute, would that be true? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like the implication of it, because if you're saying woman and sin, what is the most likely thing that you would think about a that a man would want to point out uh, from a woman specifically? You understand? Yeah, especially in those days. Yep. Especially in those days. And I was like, that was like fighting words. You know what I mean? That was that was a very disrespectful thing to accuse someone of, especially mm -hmm. if it's false. And so it could be biblical. Like you could make the implication. You understand what I'm saying? But is it in the Bible? Is it actually in the Bible? And I don't know. I think that could be pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. And then when we were playing one of those Bible games last week, it's very interesting, bro. It's very interesting to know some of the questions that, that'll leave you stumped. For me, being candid, they would ask the cars on what day of the week were birds, were the birds and the fish created? And I would be like, bro, can I call her? Can I can I give can I get a lifeline? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> some of them questions really do have your stump though. Yeah, and Kazi was struggling with all the creation, and that's where I thrive. Um, <laughs> I was getting stumped on the order of the Ten Commandments. Man, <laughs> where are the Ten Commandments found? I was like, guys, <laughs> somebody else. I was like, excellent. <laughs> but it was most they wanted the exact they chapter. Want, they, want, they want the chapter. And I was like, boy, I'm over a big brain fog right now. Then <laughs> it's like, what is the what is the fifth commandment? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I can tell you the fourth one. <laughs> I, I did get that one right one. though. I yeah. actually did get that one right. Yeah, boy, oh boy. But it's just interesting because even like as much as you and it's the next point. People feel like they know every everything at a point's notice, bro. I'm just like, really? But well, transparency. Some people might. I don't know. I don't know. Some I, people I, brands really like I that. Don't, though. I don't know their hearts and I don't know their minds. Because I want to ask you right now. 
was Hofnai and Phineas um, Aaron's son. Oh, wait, wait. Was it Hofnai and Phineas? I've... Oh, man, I messed up the joke. I messed up the joke. Remember I, this week I tell you Eliezer was Aaron's son. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Hofnai and Phineas. Hofnai and Phineas. Or his grandsons, you know what I'm saying? And then another question I would just ask you randomly: what was Sam, what were the names of Samuel's sons? Not Eli, Samuel's sons. Bro, I, I just me. read, I just read for Samuel chapter eight today. And I was like, bro, I forget he had sons that were bro, his sons were similar. To Eli's sons, yeah. just not as bad, not as bad, but similar, uh, who were also similar to Aaron's quote-unquote sons or grandsons. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, it's a pattern here. We have the high priests and their sons just being um, delinquents. they like, oh, ooh, mercy. I was going to say something, but like, like, I, like a... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the implication, I touched on it before, it's like when you see like a pastor and it's a powerful pastor, prominent pastor, but his kids, aka what we call PKs, PKs, pastors' kids, and they they don't see him anything close to that. Like, bro, I have a friend; he's a PK, bro. The boy calling Adventist. He called with that, bro. Like he trying to joke on you. Like y'all still Adventist, bro? Like that's his famous line, bro. Like, is he Christian? I don't think he is. Uh, he gone hard. I, I I don't think he is. Yeah, I think I think he leaning more towards the side of like. When black people like they try to find their mm-hmm, their roots, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, quote unquote roots. Who so. in the morning? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but before we, get too, podcast, before we get to before we get to, I blame the shirt. You know, I, I guess today was that's true in They're real time National Flag Day, so you know. Yeah. Um, but this week we are in Second Kings chapter nine. Um, we spoke briefly about some of the stuff we talked about last week, but we had uh, Ben Haddad killing the king. No, well, Ben Haddad was the king. His Haziel was as a servant. When I guess one of his servants that he trusts essentially suffocated him to death. We see Jehoram, not to be confused with Jehoram, <laughs> became king of Judah. <laughs> oh man, and then. Ahaziah became king of Judah. Go back, check out last week's episode. Um, but this week we're in 2 Kings chapter 1 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 9. Getting all confused. I don't even know why I'm clapping. But okay, let's let's start this out. Okay, so now and Elisha the prophet called one of his sons, called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Get yourself ready, take this flask of oil in your hand, and go to Ramoth Gilead. Now, when you arrive at this place, look for the son, look for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in, make him rise up from among his associates and take him into an inner room. Take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel and open the door and flee and do not delay. What you think about this? Bro, to me, I ain't like, my mind was on something else, bro. Because I, I, you know, I've been re- read the story. My mind is on the people. Okay, I can make it relevant without spoiling it. Last week, 
Hazael killed mm-hmm. his predecessor, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that he was a serv- he was his servant in some type of way, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about that because he he could have been his son. I can't I can't, I ain't do the research, but if he was his son, why would he needed to be anointed to be king of Syria if you just the rightful heir to the throne, right? And so, to me, it's just so interesting when God puts people in place and then you see them running wild. And so, Elijah anointed Hazael to be the next king of Syria. Now, Elijah Elijah had been gone for, I am assuming, years now. And now Hazael is now becoming king. But he he did it by means, by taking matters into his own hands, right? And so it's like, you can read the Bible and you can assume, why God putting these savages in position? And they, like, God give them the opportunity and they just run wild, you know what I'm saying? And it, it reinforces the point that, you know, God can put you in the position and you can have all of the tools to do right, but it's up to you to actually do right. Like, he ain't going to force you to do right. You, you being in the position of power, you have the choice to do right or wrong. And it's, it's up to you. you know? Bro, I could go way back right now, right? Mm-hmm. To 1 Kings 19. Okay. 1 Kings 19, verse 15. And this was when Elijah mm-hmm. was still around. Then the Lord said to him, being Elijah, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, Anoint Hazael king over Syria. Yep. Also, you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel. Ooh, I missed that one, bro. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abba Abel Mehola, you shall anoint as a prophet in your place. Oh man, I missed that one, bro. So what's crazy is like, oh, go for it. No, no, no. I, I just, I mind blowing, bro. You keep cooking. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Oh, and then I can, finish, I, can, I, can, I can finish the prophecy. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, mm. Jehu will kill. Mm. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elijah will kill. Mercy. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel and all whose knees have not bowed to Baal. Every mouth has not kissed them. But to me, what I find interesting too is that we know Elisha been on the scene. Elijah done in heaven chilling doing whatever he's doing in heaven at that point in time, because I can't wait to get that experience for myself, mm-hmm. right? But Elijah done been in heaven cooking this whole time. Elisha been doing his thing on earth for who knows how long, a hot minute. But the same two people who Elisha was just in contact with, bro, God had set these people up to be kings over Syria and Israel from... <laughs> From before from the time Elisha of Elijah. was a prophet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like all, but like Elisha and set with these guys, because all three y'all technically get anointed at the same time. Y'all in the same class. Y'all in the same <laughs> class. <laughs> same draft class. Yeah, same draft class. So that, that, that is, was that was interesting. Bro, that is a that is a nugget, bro. That is a golden nugget. You know? What? Oh man, that's interesting. That's interesting. And so, but so, so my thing too is like, you see like Elijah, he only essentially did one of them. Mm-hmm. But Elisha, guess the, the prophecy to fulfill, the prophecy fell to him to fulfill now. 
And we see he did it with Hezael and God show him like, bro, this king ain't really going to do good. But it's interesting. He was prophesied from the beginning of the prophecy, bro. He is going to kill. Yeah. And Jehu, I mean, granted, he ain't going to spoil too much of thunder, but we see Jehu, whoever has the don't kill Jay, Jehu could kill them. For sure. And that's a lot because the way Elisha described Hazael last chapter, it's like, <laughs> he can kill a lot of people. Hazael will kill a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? And if it's and if they slip through the crack, Jehu could clean it up. And if and then the off chance that these two people miss anyone, then Elisha can kill. And so this kind of shows you the pattern of the type of people that are promised destruction right now. Mm-hmm. Because Elisha, see, in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, God goes on to say that I have I have preserved 7,000 that have not bent the knee to Baal. So we see that these are people who still serve God, right? So Elisha, Hazael, Jehu, they're not going to kill the people that are serving God. They are going to destroy the idolaters, the, 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 those who who follow after false gods, those who um, endorse the killing and the persecution of, of the followers of God or the prophets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. And now I mean, like to me, like the way Elisha going on about it, what, one thing I do realize about Elisha, that man like to they delegate. <laughs> Not in a bad way either, right? Yeah. We see when Naaman, when Naaman came there, he's like, all right, servant, yeah, go tell Naaman my message, eh? Mm-hmm. Now he sends someone, hey, so this is what you could do. He's sending you there with the oil. Listen to my instructions, buddy. Mm-hmm. Carry him in the inner room. I anoint him. <laughs> and after that, this reminded me of an old prophet, a wise prophet. Go on your way. Do not turn to the left. Do not turn to the right. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. leave. <laughs> yeah. The boy said, there will be zero slopping up. As soon as you finish, open the door and flee, bro, and do not delay. That just making me seem like, but you do this, anoint him and run. <laughs> oh, do not tarry. Man. So the young man, reading from verse four, so the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramath Gilead. And when he arrived, there were captains of the army sitting. And he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu said, for which one of us? And he said, for you, commander. So this is already applying who Jehu was. Mm-hmm. Jehu is the commander of the Israelite army. Boy. And so the commander, he arose and went into the house. And he poured the oil on his head and said to him, thus said the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. You shall strike down. Mm the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and all the blood of the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. The dog shall eat Jezebel on the plot of the ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. Hmm. What would be your reaction if you get that message, bro? See, one like Jehu, that's a big contract for him. You see what I'm saying? Like, 
like me personally, you know, dying, dying, my dying up my alley. You know what I mean? So I'd be pretty scared. <laughs> but you know, if depending on where I is with God, I would have to, you know, follow that follow that command. But Jehu being the commander of an army, mm -hmm. I don't know what is this. You know what's so interesting about that though? Mm -hmm. You would assume, you would assume that he just hot and ready. Yeah, I I can just do this, but as a soldier, but that's what I trained to do. I trained to, to eliminate, right? Mm -hmm. But they asking you to to kill your boss and yeah. his family. They asking you to kill the people you was most loyal to. Bro, in the, in the real Where sense, bro, they so ask they ask you to, they ask you to commit treason, bro. Yeah, bro, and I, bro, commit regicide. So, they ask you to already, kill the king. But I, I already, I, but I could feel some sermonic points like related to following Jesus, right? You remember when Jesus say, "If you uh, paraphrasing, if if you put your wife or your mother before me, you are not." He loves his family me. more than me is not worthy of me. Right, exactly. You love your country more than you love me. You're not worthy of me. If you love your king more than you love me. You are not worthy of me. And now, during the history of Israel, it was a big dilemma because the leader of the country, who's supposed to be a servant of the Most High God, was has become an enemy of the Most High God to the point mm -hmm. where he considers Elijah, he considers the prophets his enemies. So they killed the prophets. That was they famous for doing that. Jezebel deceiving many. That's why they call her the Great Harlot, Mercy. leading a lot of people to to apostasy. She swear to God that I can kill Elijah. You see what I'm saying? When Elijah run up, finally find Ahab, come to bring him news. Come to bring him a prophecy. Ahab say, my enemy. My, he called him his enemy. You see enemy. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, bro, the man of God is your enemy. So to me, actions speak louder than words, bro. If you treating a person who following God, but like that's the only beef you have with him. That he follows God. You treat him as your enemy. That proves to me that God is also your enemy, right? And so because of that, and you're doing so much destruction, God is now repaying you for your deeds, right? So now the commander of the army, Jehu, it's a lot of ambition that comes in these in these situations when you when, it's, when the throne is at stake, right? And so if he have ambitions to be the king, this a bittersweet moment for him because he like, bro, you know, it is what it is, but y'all don't want anything stopping me from my throne. And some people is killed for last when it comes to kingdoms. You know what I mean? But now, or it could be the it could be the um the scenario where it's like, man, I glad to be in this position. But bro, what I have to do to, to actually get this, bro, this is this ain't an easy decision, bro, because I gotta kill the people mm -hmm. that I, I was answering to, the the people that I pledged my allegiance potentially to, you know, and so that was his reality. Man, and it's such these hard decisions, man. This reminds me of when we were when before the podcast when we were doing our our Bible studies, mm -hmm. and we had a mutual friend who, when we was talking about the time when the Israelites had to, you know, they had to, they 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 had to take a stand. Yeah, after who, they worshipped the, the golden calf. Yeah, who for God, who not for God, like stand over there. Mm -hmm. We were jokingly asking the friend, like, you know, suppose your mommy and daddy that she was conflicted, like. Oh, I don't know. Like, am I just my mommy? I say, suppose I over there. Oh, yeah, are you dead? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang. Yeah, Zero 
recitation. <laughs> it's God's, God, it was God's commands. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Man, did not make the cut. Mercy. Yeah. But, oh, just, Bro, just one thing. The King James <laughs> Version in verse, in verse 8, the King James Version says, um, for the whole house of Ahab that will per- shall perish, I will cut off from Ahab him that pisses against the Pisses wall. against the wall, yeah. <laughs> which is which in the Hebrew is like the little translation for male, but it's just interesting. Like that's literally what it translates to. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They say that a lot, bro. Because I listen, I listen to the Bible in King James. They say that a lot, bro. He, he that pisseth against the wall. Yeah. I take it literally like, okay, yeah, I guess that's that's yeah. That's one but, way to say a male. Yeah, that's one way to say it, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's so that's just for like a little a little nugget for people out there who who saw that. I'm like, why the King James version just so raw? Like, no, nope, that's kind of the translation. How, how it works out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. And so in verse 11, then Jehu came out to his came out to the servants of his master, and one said to him, Is all well? Why did this madman come to you? And he said to them, you know the man and his Bible. And they said, a lie. Tell us now. So we see Jehu trying to play play it off. You know how they go. He says, so he said, so he said, thus and thus he spoke to me saying, thus says the Lord, I have appointed you king over Israel. Then each man hastened to take his garment and put it under him on the top of the steps. And they blew the trumpet saying, Jehu is king. Simple as that. Hmm? Simple as that. Boy, that, but that's one thing. Well, when, you, when you're the commander of the army, mm. you have such a strong following because you're man loyal to you. You are their mm. boxing battle. You they general. Yeah, we all serve the king, but really until your man serving you, you serve the king. Mm-hmm. So now they man... They, you know, people, Lord, know they had they're jockeying for position now. Oh, you's the king. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's let's make this official. Who can start? Who can start against us? We's the army. That's true. <laughs> like that's true. Imagine you you's the king. Imagine you was Joram, right? Mm-hmm. AKA Jehoram. This the one in Israel. You sitting on your throne, normal, regular day. They feed you grapes. And you hear trumpets blowing and people shouting, Jehu is king. What? Y'all freaking out here. <laughs> Hold on, what? I rage you? Y'all disrespecting me to my face like that? Treasonous. Yeah, that's brazen. What's the word you say? It's like, one minute, this man is a madman. But as soon as you hear this madman say, Jehu is king. Oh, no, he ain't mad no more. He making, he making a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, bro, number one, is he say, she say? But y'all just y'all just take it and y'all believe it. So I guess Jehu is a is an honorable man, don't lie and but he could have been lying, bro. You see what I said? But then secondly, is this one credible or not? Do you all look at the prophets as credible or not? And so if you ever heard the term school of the prophets, that's basically the same term and that's just a different terminology to say the sons of the prophets. That's how the, mm-hmm. the old that's how the King James. They say the sons of the prophets, but when it when it comes to Elisha and Samuel, they really talk about what is known as the school of the prophets. So Elisha sending these young men out, but they're not really sons of 
and they prophets. They mean they may be, but they prophets in training. You understand what they're saying? So they basically what Elisha was to Elijah, but it's like multiple men at, at the same time. But it's like, do y'all view them as madmen or not? You know, like. <laughs> And then it's like also like how much of them are known. <laughs> yeah, true. They just they just make it a name for themselves. <laughs> so in verse 14, so Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram had been defending Ramoth Gilead, he and all Israel against Hazael, king of Syria. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover from the ruins which the Syrians had afflicted on him when he fought King Hazal, king of Syria. And Jehu said, If you are so binded, let no one leave or escape from the city and, tell, and go and tell it in Jezreel. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel. For Joram was laid up there, and Hazael, king of Judah, had came down to see him, to see Joram. It's just so interesting how these two kingdoms, enemies but best friends at the same time. Yep. They 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 best friends full time now because they intermarry. Yeah, right. but my thing too is still like <clears throat> you can still tell like this is just was a prophecy for God that the kingdoms was going to be divided. Because mm -hmm. at not one point, I just say, all right, guys, we still just cousins. Let's just you reunite again. Yeah, but who would do that, though? I mean, I get it, though. You know what I mean? I get it. Because y'all could still be the two kings, but y'all just one nation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like, it working so far, man. You could keep yours. We could we could help. We could share resources. You know what I mean? But we could still be neighbors. Individual. Yep, I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. So in verse 17, now a watchman stood in the... On the tower in Jezreel, he saw the company of Jehu as, as he came and he said, I see a company of men. And Joram said, get a horseman and send to meet them and say, is it peace? <laughs> so the horsemen went and said, thus says the king, is it peace? And Jehu said, what have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. Hmm. That's a particular language, eh? Anyway. So the watchman reported saying the messenger went to them, <clears throat> but it's not coming it's not back. Coming back. <laughs> so we saw the second horseman who came to them and says, that says the king, is it peace? And Jeus answered, what have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. And the watchman reported saying, he went up to them and it's not coming back. And the driving is like, this was a question in the game. Yeah. Wow. Full circle moment. Yeah, yeah. This was a question again. I, I I saw this on a trivia, on a trip on a Bible trivia show one time, and I didn't know who they was talking about. It was like, like who's the worst driver in the Bible? Right. Who's notorious for being a bad driver? <laughs> and boy, I surely did not know that. Anyway, he went up to them and is not coming back. And he is driving like the son of Jehu of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. Yeah, Jehu, the son of Nimshai, for he drives. So, I think another one say, for he drives like a madman. He drives like a madman. <laughs> and I'm like, so we see, I don't know, he he used to be, he used to be whipping them chariots. Yeah, he had a need for speed, probably. <laughs> but, but the thing about it, right, 
I, I and my actions speak louder than words here, bro. Like mm-hmm. I, that that has come up in conversation so much for me now, bro. I mean, but words speak pretty loud too. So the messenger, imagine the messenger come to you and say, uh, because now they're approaching the, the king's house. So he have security, you know, in layman's terms, and they coming up to these people who about to approach and saying, bro, y'all come in peace or what? You know what I mean? And the man say, bro, what what it matter? What peace matter to you, bro? Just from saying that alone, you know he ain't coming in peace. If he was coming in peace, bro, you could say, no, I come in peace. You know what I mean? It's saying, but what what's it to you? You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you want to find out? You want to find out? That's essentially what he's saying. So he say, turn around and follow me. So now it's like, you know, if you don't follow you, me, <laughs> this ultimatum for you, buddy. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> this the ultimatum for you, buddy. Real dog, bro. <laughs> you want to come out here and find out his peace, buddy? What it I got ain't for you. It ain't for you. <laughs> nah, you don't, jump in front of, don't jump in front of this bullet. <laughs> sword. Sword. It's going to be sword. Yeah. <laughs> don't jump in front of this room. And they, and they did. They did oblige. They say, you know what? <laughs> I will find out. I can't tell someone from the way they drive a chariot. So Jay we have to be a man really about his business when he's driving his chariot. Bro, from you could tell from a tower, bro. Yeah. A watchtower. Yeah. I don't know if they had binoculars back in the day in those days. I don't know. But you could tell that's Jay Who. That gotta be Jay Who. Jay Who. That's Jay Who right there. No one is driving a chariot like that. Right? <laughs> now, that's wild. That's crazy, bro. So then in verse 21, then Joram said, make ready. And his chariot was made ready. And Joram, king of Israel, and Isaiah, king of Judah. Boy, these kings is being where they don't need to be. Isaiah, <laughs> why you there, man? He was there trying to help you, boy, while he was wounded. And I'd be like, buddy, it's not like overthrow about to come. I had back to Judah, buddy. But you see, that's the thing. The kings of Judah is be where they don't need to be. That's what I say. Yeah, they just really be a fish out of water, bro. Like, do we, Stay home. Stay we home gotta home. be up. You <laughs> gotta be up in everything, bro. Like, always in the mix. <laughs> too, too, like, too, too frenzy, man. Yeah, man. Too, like, mix up, you know. And so we see Judah went out in the chariot, and they went out to meet Jehu and meet him on the property of Nabath. The Jezreelite. Boy, I tell you. One circle moment. What a place, eh? What a place to meet. One circle moment. Now it happened when Joram, when Joram saw Jehu, he said, is it peace, Jehu? Well, it's getting Mm. personal. I Mm. I just feel like he even said with a little bit of attitude. Yeah. Because now it's like, produce my commander, bro. What you coming here for, man? You just, why you, why, why you wasn't with me when I was in the war just now? Real talk. I get no, I'll pass up, poke up, and then I, 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 I wounded. <laughs> now you I get you come in. Sons of prophets. You know what I'm saying? Now you come here and now I look like things ain't things, bro. Like what's, what's really going on? <laughs> oh, my. So then Jay answered, what peace? As long as the hollow trees of your mother Whoa, as Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many. Mm. Jay, who sounds like a man who's just who, who has witnessed a little too much, man. He, he mad. 
straight to, straight to the point. So now I wanted to interject here, right? Go for it. Because in previous episodes, when mm-hmm. when we were in First Kings and we were talking about Ahab and Jezebel, mm-hmm. I made mention just based on that story. And I was saying how, bro, I read this whole story, bro. I don't see nothing about um, prostitution. You understand? Or, or being a harlot. So like when, when people want to call you a harlot, they call you a Jezebel, right? Mm-hmm. And I was assuming they was going based on the Revelation uh, text because they call Jezebel the harlot, right? But hell, this the I think this this might be the only time in the the, the first and second Kings um, books where they actually mentioned Jezebel being a harlot. But I believe in context, they're not talking about um, sexuality. They're talking about infidelity to God. Mm-hmm. So in context, what peace as long as the harlotries of your mother and her witchcraft are so many. You understand what I'm saying? So basically saying like the, the ways that she breaks God's law, you see what I'm saying, are so many. Like harlotries and witchcraft. You know, and then in Revelation, they say that great harlot and they talk about how she lead people away from God. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like that's 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 always a consistent theme with Jezebel. And it could be a, a double entendre. It could be a, a, a metaphor that 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 touches both scenarios. She could have been a sexual sex, like sexually a harlot in her day. And that could have been a known fact. Mm-hmm. And she could have also been um, an idolater that led people away from God and killed those who, who remain with God. The two things can't be true, but I, I want to, I want to, and I shouldn't even, this shouldn't even really be that big of a point, but I believe that it's really talking about like spiritual infidelity mm-hmm. to God. That's a valid thing to point out. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Cause he was talking about this earlier too, but it's like sometimes just like connecting the points. Mm-hmm. From the different stories in the Bible, how everything ties together, and then the consistency of the theme, and how the Bible builds upon itself. But you have to look at the theme and see how it's really interwoven. So it's a valid point to point out. Yeah, bro. And and my thing is, I just big on. I just um. Hold on, uh, Revelation twenty. You allowed a woman challenge. Uh, anyway. Yeah, 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 you allow that uh, Revelation two verse twenty. You allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. You know what I'm saying? And so, sexual immorality. Yeah, that's. I think that's plain as day. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm also right now leaning towards both, but I big on not running with things. Because um, because it's generally accepted. You know what I'm saying? Like, we repeat things all the time. We repeat things all the time that is generally accepted. Like, even the um, even the righteousness is filthy rise. I was just talking to my my friend who's who's a pastor. He pastors two churches in North Carolina. And I asked him about it. And he said, honestly, bro, I never looked at that text like outside of the way that we already like established it. Like he never studied that text. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so he said, now reading it, I actually am inclined to agree with, with your interpretation of it. You know, granted, he didn't 
like even still he, at the time of the conversation was kind of off guard. He didn't prepare or study it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, bro, we have blind spots. My boy, Sam Pascal, he's, he, he preaches at Mount Olive and Apopka. I mean, in Central Florida and Apopka from down to time. He had a sermon talking about, I got a blind spot. Like that was this, that was this thing, bro. And I, it really touched me. And I remember it to this day. He was talking about when Jesus came down from the Mount, uh, from being transfigured. And the man who with a demon possessed son came to him and was like, bro, I come to your, to your disciples and they could not cast the demons out of my son. You understand what I'm saying? And he asked, Jesus asked the man if he believed. The man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. A lot of people remember that text, like help my unbelief, right? And he he went on to say how the disciples spent a lot of time jealous with Peter, James, and John because they get to go on secret missions with, with, with Jesus. The three of them just came from the Mount Transfiguration where they just saw Moses and Elijah. They just seeing, they, you know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. they really in like it's like Jesus in a circle and and and, and then you you take that and you think about when Jesus when when Peter, James, and John keep arguing, who is the greatest among us? Like who gonna be right next to you, right on? Even the sons of thunder, James and John, they one day they came to Jesus and say, Bro, can we sit on your right hand and your left hand? And Jesus asked them if they prepared to drink from this cup. Hmm. Right. They send their mummy to come to tell Jesus, hey Jesus, make sure my son's straight in the kingdom. You know what I mean? That's how intense this com- this right this competitive nature among the men of God, the disciples were. And it's to the point where when someone in need came to them for deliverance, they could not do it. They were unable to do it. They tried and they failed. And Jesus cast out the, the demons. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They had something blocking them. You know what I'm saying? They had something stopping them. A lot of times, like, we have blind spots, not sp- not like a, a direct um parallel to that story but a lot of times there are things that we do not see when we look into the bible for whatever reason you know what i'm saying and if we don't acknowledge that we may never look through the bible with an unbiased lens and so when i read this story i looking at it like why do you keep calling jezebel so when you get to jezebel i like all right i i eager to see why we depict her in such a way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But now I get through First Kings when the actual real-time narrative is about her. And I'm like, bro, I don't see, I don't see the story. So I come up with the conclusion. People must be, um, they must be getting this from other texts in the Bible, like Revelation and stuff like that. But now I see with Revelation mixed with Second Kings, I could get a more clear picture. You know what I'm saying? But even still, even still, I don't like how Jezebel is such a, a a notorious person, having been mentioned so little in the Bible. That's you know like Samson. Like, see Samson had four chapters, you know. Ahab is mentioned much more than Jezebel. Mm-hmm. But people do not talk about Ahab as much as they talk about Jezebel. You know what I'm saying? Elijah, David, hmm, let me see. Let's say Solomon. A lot of people know Solomon. But Solomon ain't of that longer run. He have he have a, a run in terms of like the amount of chapters, but a lot of them chapters, they just going over the, the temple and stuff like that. So like the actual narrative of what he done, you know what I'm saying? It's not that much, but his reputation precedes him. You know what I'm saying? In some ways, people make famous certain people in the Bible because it's already a legend surrounded them. 
Mm-hmm. Pastors talk about it often. Yep. You learn about it in Sabbath school or Sunday school and stuff like that. So, so now you have a, a big respect for this person or a big um, depiction of this person. <clears throat> but when you read it in the Bible, oh, it's just a chill hand hand going. Like growing up, my mom used to talk about this guy named Jabez. We could talk about Jabez later in I think in either in Second Kings or in Chronicles. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. When I finally get to Jabez in the Bible, I like the one chapter, bro. Like, oh, one chapter, bro. It's like a verse, bro. (laughs) It's like a verse, bro. I'm like, the Lord bless me. He prayed a prayer after he came back, like, Lord bless me indeed. Please enlarge my territory. territory. The prayer Jabez. But his whole is a whole song about this guy, bro. I have the book, bro. I when I was home last time. My mom had this book, bro, the prayer of best, and I'm gonna give it to my child when I have a child by the grace of God. I'm gonna read that to them. You know what I'm saying? We prayed that prayer a lot growing up because that's mm-hmm. a prayer of prosperity. You know what I'm saying? And this is a direct quote from the Bible. But this Jabez dude, he was such a I was like, bro, I thought this was such a big dude in the bro, Bible, bro. But you would say he's a prophet, but bro. bro, yes, bro. You know what I'm saying? But he have a, a very brief moment, you know what I'm saying? It had a lasting impact, that is true. But if I was to read the Bible by myself, unbiased, I don't think that would he would be the person that that I I cling to in that regard, you know what I'm saying? Unless the Holy Spirit just inspired me to. But yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I just, I'm a proponent of reading the Bible and, and personalizing the Bible and getting from it the things that you need. Also teaching, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. not relying... What other people have said. On other people, yeah. Again, the views of a breath of fresh air reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you to use as a conversational tool to further studies of your own. Right. <laughs> Hit up with the disclaimer. All right. Sure. So now we are in verse twenty-three, and now we mm-hmm. see Joe Joe Ram. I just want to say Joe Ram so much. They it's the same us. person, bro. You I know. Say it. I know. <laughs> just. I don't know why they switch it up on us like that. <laughs> you know, like when your eyes and your brain don't agree. Yeah. Every time I see the name, it's like, I want to say the next one. Mm-hmm. But Jehoram returned around and fled and said to Isaiah, treachery, Isaiah. Treachery, Again, boy. Isaiah, why are you here? Why are you here, bro? <laughs> now Jehu drew his bow with full strength and shot Jehoram between his arms. And the arrow came out at his heart. And oh. he sank down in his chariot. And Jehu said to Bitkar, his captain, pick him up and throw him into the track of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Hmm. For remember, when you and I were riding together behind Ahab, his father, that the Lord laid this burden upon him. Surely I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says the Lord, and I will repay you in this plot, says the Lord. Now, therefore, take take and throw him on the plot of the ground, according to the word of the Lord. Right. So earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. when they mentioned Naboth's vineyard, you and I had a moment where he's like, man, full circle moment. But for those who are un- unfamiliar with what we're talking about, Ahab's, Ahab did a lot of things to, to kind of <laughs> anger God. Mm-hmm. But he was he was somewhat repentant, you know, and the Lord, I say somewhat repentant, the Lord would, you know, I don't God might consider him repentant. He might have been repentant. And so the Lord um, forgave him for some of the the things that was prophesied to destroy him. But the thing that really cost him was when he 
bullied a man named Naboth into selling his vineyard to Ahab so that Ahab could obtain it. Ahab mm-hmm. was prepared to just let it slide. That's he was mm-hmm. Yeah, he was sad, but Sulkin. Sulkin, but Jezebel Mercy. got a letter and signed it or sealed it with, with Ahab's seal saying, bro, put this man to death and then we can take his, his vineyard. You know, and, and Ahab I don't know if the deed was already done, but Ahab rolled with it. He um he got the vineyard and then Elijah came to him and tell him, bro, no, you, you're going to die. The Lord has prophesied that you're going to die because of this. And so <clears throat> Ahab died. Um, I can't remember if he died on on that that land. But anyway, he was no, prophesied. He had, he had a brief moment of repentance. So the Lord had a little bit of grace on him. He still died now. I don't think it was exactly on that lamp, but it's like one of those things where it fell to his kid. Right. And so, so that was the catalyst for, for the, for the downfall of their kingdom. When they did that, it was like, all right, yeah, this, this, this really, we wrapping this up. And so now his, his descendant, I can't remember if it's his son, Jehoram should be his son. Jehoram Hmm. is the, is the third king that sat on the throne after Ahab. And they all relatives. Now, I can't tell you if it's his son or his grandson, because sometimes the King James and the New King James, they, they use the term son, but they really mean grandson. But he's a descendant. I, I'm assuming that was his son, though. That was his son. So now the son of uh, of Ahab, Joram, a.k.a. Jehoram, has now been killed on that plot. And Jehu is very familiar with... with he's very aware of the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And, you know... He's he's announcing that yes, this is this right here is one hundred percent in fulfillment of prophecy the way that it that it happened. And then like so, I just want to read it again. So this right after Elijah came and condemned Ahab, verse First uh, Kings twenty one verse twenty seven. So it was when Ahab heard these words that he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth about his body, and he fasted and lay in, in sackcloth, and he went into mourning. In verse 28, and the Lord and the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, see how Ahab has humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamities in his days. In the Mm. days of his son, I will bring calamity on his house. Very true. Very true. So so that's the thing, bro. He's repenting. Yeah, he was repenting. Prophecy fulfilled, bro. And it's so funny because now, and I like to point this out. Now, someone can sit there and say, but it ain't fair, bro. It ain't fair the sins of the father or, you know, every man should die for his own sin type of situation, right? But we see that Ahab, as a wicked man, was repentant and the Lord relented and and, and the Lord withdrew the, the punishment. But we don't see where his descendants shared the same faith. Like we don't see where his sons was like, bro, God, my peoples, my parents, they was worshiping idols. They was killing prophets. Lord, I, I all about you. We don't see that. You understand what I'm saying? And so yeah, it's see, like, go, go, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, no. So, so what I'm saying is they follow in the footsteps of their fathers. And so they inherit the curse. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't like this curse was undeserved, you know what I'm saying? Or unrighteous, but y'all was not. Y'all was doing the same thing. <clears throat> Your father was on the same path, except he <clears throat> repented. What's the second commandment, bro? 
Okay, let's see. Don't have any. <laughs> I graven, even get off. No, don't don't worship any graven images. Don't even create them. Right. Yeah. So the one is you should not make yourself in in, in heaven or you should not make yourself an image for, in form of anything heaven above or earth beneath on the ones below. You should not bow down to worship them for oh, eyes of Lord. Iniquity. Bing! I'm a jealous yeah. God, punishing yeah. the children for the sins of their parents to the third the and third fourth and generations generation. who hate yeah. me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Who hate me? Like, bro, we didn't even talk about the blessings and the curses on 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 from Moses, bro. This is like this was this is built in, in to the, the comment on the yeah. top of the storm, bro. That's why I think it ain't really as beneficial to abbreviate the Ten Commandments too, because you, you miss a lot of the context. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's context in there. It's context in there for sure. So, and so go like, go, go keep so going. See, see what I struggle. I struggle to understand that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like. Some people convert to Christianity, mm-hmm. right? Their parents might be into whatever, bro. You understand what I'm saying? But they humble themselves and they fight through all that and the Lord come true. What is their fate? You know what I'm saying? Like, Here's the thing. You yourself also have a chance to humble yourself before God and do the same thing. Right. Bro, the wages of sin is death. And as and as gruesome as that sound, and as unfair as that my sound, bro, the wages of sin is death, bro. So it ain't like you ain't getting what you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. You you go to the store, something costs $50, you get and you pay $50 for it. That's what you get. Transaction, yeah. It's a transaction, bro. We we are sinful beings. We our reward is dying. I mean, yeah, we getting what we deserve, bro. So like, you can't even say it's fair or unfair, bro. Like you, you, you sin, sin equals death. The time right. you rack it up is death. Now, God in his grace and his mercy decides the level of punishment we get to decide, but it ain't anything outside of that is, is God's grace and mercy. Now to your point now, oh, my parents did something, but here's the thing. Your parent did something. Yeah. You might suffer for the sins of it, but you have to, but you have we have we are so blessed. We are we are able to come to God for ourselves and develop a relationship with God. We right. ourselves don't have to follow in our father's footsteps in these in these things. Think about it, right? One could argue God God told David that I can rip the son, I mean I can rip the kingdom from, from Solomon's hands, right? Mm-hmm. Solomon went and made it, didn't no, give no, no, God no. a reason not to rip it up. No, God oh. tells Solomon, oh God. God tells Solomon he can rip it from, from yeah. Rehoboam. Rehoboam hard, right? But yeah, like yeah. Solomon messed up. Rehoboam mm-hmm. come there and he ain't do no better. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm-hmm. God still give you a chance to make up your mind for yourself. Now, if you go there and you still fumble, mm-hmm. oh, bro. All right. And, and that's what I come, that's what I, that's, that's where I land in with it, you know, because it's blessings and it curses, right? I don't believe that curses are more strong than blessings. I believe that whatever God say, that's it. If God pronounced a curse on you because of the iniquities of you or your fathers or your forefathers or whatever, or if God bless you because of the, the righteousness of your mother and your grandmother or your forefathers or whatever, I think it's still the same God who have the same power, exactly. right? I mean, it's the so, same God who's saying Ezekiel, I don't delight in punishing the wicked. Keep going, though. Right. So what I'm saying is, in the same way how it could be a curse, you have the power for it to be a blessing. You understand what I'm saying? So now you you relent from doing, from following them footsteps. And now the Lord 
puts blessings on your life for being an obedient servant. So now it cancels out that, that type of punishment or whatever. That's how I look at it. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's, it's so many texts in the Bible where they say the reward of the righteous. You know what I'm saying? Or I never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread, right? But then mm-hmm. we know he visits the iniquity. So we can't say it unfair because it happens on both sides. You can get blessings when you don't deserve it. You can get curses when you ain't earn it, right? But the difference is you, you have the power to stop the pattern. You understand what I'm saying? And what you're doing. And so now we see where a, um, Ahab's sons, they did not stop any pattern. They continued the pattern. You know what I'm saying? And and because of that, the punishment continued. Man, so like this just reminded me like the Ezekiel thing, right? Because Ezekiel kind of talked about this. So I know we have a tangent, but bear with me, right? Mm-hmm. But man, so Ezekiel uh, chapter 18. And I mean, the whole premise of this is like, you know, the son who will die, right? But I, I just got fast forward. I definitely encourage everyone to read it, right? Mm-hmm. But man. Um, I guess that in verse 18. So Ezekiel 18, verse 18. But his father will die for his own sin because he practiced extortion, robbed his brother, and did what was wrong among his people. Yet you may ask, why does the son not share in the guilt of his father? Since the son has done what is right and what is just, and has mm. been careful to keep all my decrees and will surely live. Mm, the, one who, there, bro. the one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share in the guilt of the parent, nor the parent will share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them. The wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. But if mm. a wicked person turns away from all the sins that they have committed and keep all my decrees and does what is just and right, that person will surely live and they will not die. None of the offenses they have committed will be remembered against them because of the righteous things that they have done, they will live. Do I take pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the sovereign God? Rather, I am I am not I rather am I not pleased when they turn away from their ways and their wicked ways and live? Mm-hmm. But if a righteous person turns away from their righteousness and commits sin, does not the same detestable things the wicked person do, will they live? None of the righteous things that the person has done will be remembered because of the unfaithfulness they are guilty of and because mm. of the sins they have committed, they will die. And it goes back to, we you know, we had a frequently asked Bible questions a couple of weeks ago, but like, you know, once they've always saved, it's also kind of flash right here. Surely not. Right? Well, but again, it, it goes down. Sorry. No, no, no. Nah, my bad. I was about to tangent. Bro. I was like, bro, you can't read Ezekiel and 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 save one, <laughs> save one, save bro. It, they, they talk about the same thing multiple times. T- Brothers and sisters, listening, like I guarantee you, like if you read Ezekiel, it might be. I, I personally like the first like 10, 12 books, um, chapters of Ezekiel, it, it like interests me, but it could get you know, sometimes you could you could get lost in, in some of these um prophetic um, um these um books of the prophets. But if you read that book, you could not leave that book saying one save always save. You cannot, you cannot. They talk about they 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 show a parallel between righteousness. And forgiveness and unrighteousness and how and the consequences to that. You understand what I'm saying? Like you could be unrighteous all your life, then last minute righteous, God forgive you. You could be righteous all your life and then unrighteous at the end of your life, and then you still can get the same punishment as the unrighteous. Like Work it's it. plain yep. as day. It's plain as day. That's why I like Ezekiel. That's why I like I like these things because like sometimes you can't read between the lines, bro. That's why I help. That's why we be having this little this little conversation now where it's like oh um curses blessings deserve or not deserve sometimes it's like all right we know what the we know what the commandments say you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying but it's their nuance right 
And now we get into the book of Ezekiel. We like, bro, y'all keep asking this nuance. So you asking me why the son ain't sharing? And this no, because the son righteous. The son getting paid for his righteousness. It's like if it was back and forth, like the daddy could be wicked and still get all the blessings in the world. And the son getting punishment for him because the son's righteousness rolling over to the daddy and the, and the daddy wickedness rolling over to the son. No, God is like, bro, you can, y'all can get what y'all deserve, like in terms of my blessings and, you know, and, and mm -hmm. curses. And sometimes I really think about like history, especially like what so-called, you know, black people or African-Americans or like African descent people and how like a lot of people in the world hate us for no reason. Like, they hate us because of our appearance, right? And in my mind, I'm like, bro, this got to be a curse of some sort, bro. It's like, is this because of what um, our people, our um, ancestors was doing before? Like, they they made God angry. They was in perpetual sin or whatever. Personally, I don't, you know, he has hair stories about this. Like, I don't live in a world where every day I got to look over my shoulder, someone out to kill me. And it's, I bless, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't mm -hmm. really have as, as many stories as, as other people do. And I, I see that as a blessing, bro. And I, and I feel that I feel that the Lord has protected me from certain things. Now, it might be people who do not share in that protection for whatever reason. I don't know their heart. I don't know their habits. You know what I'm saying? But I, I tend to wonder, is that is that why certain things happen? And, and then we get down a rabbit hole of questions mm -hmm. that we can't really answer for it. Because like, ain't none of us, God, we can't compare with what other struggles and other races and you know whatever you know but some dust that, that sometimes i think about curses and blessings bro and like how do we reverse these things and which which one in our mind do we believe is more is, is stronger because i tend to believe that curses are stronger but that is unbiblical because if you read proverbs and you read psalms and stuff they talk about they talk about the reward of the righteous bro. like you could get texts that say mm -hmm. what happens when you are when you are righteous, bro, like and and stuff like that, and the Lord delights in this, and you know, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. These these people are blessed. That's what the Bible say, right? But then you can think, oh, sometimes God just is allowed things to happen. You know, it's His will. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's not that's not that's not it's not biblical. But we do we we are able to we are able to stand on the promises of God, saying that like like in Deuteronomy 28. If you if you follow after me and not idols, you all have blessings and blessings and blessings. But then if you follow after false gods, it ain't you can get cursing. Bigger you know go too good for you. Right. <laughs> oh my. Anyway, Jehoram ended up getting this generational curse, and he did nothing to prevent it from happening. So it did happen. Mm-hmm. So, so verse 27. Verse 27. So <laughs> Ahiaziah king of Judah saw this. He fled by the road to Beth Hagen. So Jehu pursued him again. Why are you here to begin with? Right? Yeah. And said, shoot him also in his chariot. And they shot him at the accent of Gur, which is in Eblim. Then he fled to Megiddo and he died there. And his servants carried him in the chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in the tomb with his fathers in the city of David. In the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Isaiah became king over Judah. Just in case y'all want to know when he became king, but yes. also know that he died. And Ahaziah is the son of... <clears throat> he's, he's a descendant of David, but he is also the son of Ahab's daughter. So him and Joram... 
is his uncle. You understand what I say? But then mm-hmm. again, remember the prophecy: killing all the male sons, male descendants, descendants, right? Of Ahab, right? So, so he ended up getting it, bro. He pisses against the wall, right? <laughs> so he's what else up, mate? You buck up into that curse, bro. <laughs> you the descendant of David, right? You can say wrong place at the wrong time, but no, bro. You you got <laughs> you, you akin to, to Ahab and Jezebel, but you Jezebel grandson. Mercy. Oh, <laughs> now, when Jehu had came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. And she put paint on her eyes and adorned her head and looked through a window. Then as Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it peace, Zimri? Is it peace, Zimri, murderer of your master? Oh, you want to talk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're spicy with me. Okay. And he looked up at the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? So two or, th- so two or three eunuchs looked out at him and, and he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses, and he trampled, and he trampled her underfoot. And when he had gone in, he ate and drank, and then he said, Go now, see that the accursed woman, see to this accursed woman and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. So they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Therefore they came back and told him, he's told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spoke by the servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, On the plot of on the plot of ground, a Jezreel dog shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel shall be as refuse on the surface of the earth, in the plot of Jezreel, so that so, so they shall not say, Here lies Jezebel. Mercy. Another one of them Bible questions was like, What? Prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy fulfilled. Another one of them Bible trivia questions like, what queen of Israel was turned to dog food? (laughs) The phrase is not trick questions. The phraseology, man. Right. So, overall thoughts, man. That's the end of 2 Kings 9. We had some decent discussion, especially with the Ezekiel stuff, but what's your overall thoughts? All right. So, this man, Jehu. Is a man on a mission, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was anointed as God instructed, and it does not seem like he relented to um follow after God. It seemed like he was like, bro, this is the mission, and I am locked in. It's almost like it's almost like when, when we used to read social studies and they'd say this this governor of the Bahamas expelled the pirates. From the Bahamas, you know what I mean? Like these mm-hmm. things we used to learn in school. And like you feel good, you feel a sense of pride because you're like, all right, just based on how they put it, they was a nuisance to our shores. They were scaring people and things like that. And now they are they they clean up the city. Right. So we have an era of Israelites who did not worship God. And it started to get so bad to the point where they um, Ahab's family, starting with Omri, they started implementing all type of idolatry. They rebuilt um, Jericho after um, Joshua put a curse on, became a curse on whoever was the. You were you were instructed not to rebuild that city, and and they just went out their way. 
Mm-hmm. They went out their way to, to, to break, to <laughs> disobey God. You know what I'm saying? It's like they was bored. You know what I mean? And Very so, blatant about it. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, they blatant. And so then when you thought, when you thought this was as bad as it gets, King Ahab marries this Sidonian lady who was really, she was adamant on cleaning up the city from the prophets. It's like her perspective was different. So they worship all the idols in the world. I can say all the idols. They worship a bunch of idols. They pray to these gods. And the law, and, and they start, they decide, man, I don't know which one came first, but I'll tell you two things that happened. God decided to curse the land with a famine because of all of the idolatry and stuff like that. They turn around and say, Elijah is the cause. Even though Elijah was the messenger, right? Saying that this thing's going to happen. They look at him and say, bro, he's the cause, right? Mm-hmm. And so we also know during that time, they kill a bunch of prophets. Now, I am assuming they thought that in order to, in order to end the famine, they had, they had to rid the land of the troublemakers, which was the prophets. So they get the killing prophets. We had prophets hiding in caves. We had the, the royal people, the people in, in the, in the, um, the serv- one of the servants of the king hiding prophets. You see what I'm saying? You could not openly be a prophet. Just remind me of when David was in his time of trouble mm-hmm. and the king wanted to kill him. And the, David literally did nothing, bro. Like, I am your son-in-law. I fight. I give you all of the Philistine foreskins. I do everything you ask me. I play the flute for you. I do it more than my, what's in my job description. I only, I only as a soldier, I have to do so much. But now you see God in me, and that, and that, that angers you. So you want to kill me, you know? Jezebel, same, same way. It's a prophet, bro. You could see him casting fire from heaven on multiple occasions. On multiple occasions, when it comes to the king, you could see God with him. But you swear to God, I about to kill this man, but I gotta kill him. You know, that's the way they viewed the prophets. That's the way they viewed God. God was an enemy to them. They didn't want anything to do with God. And it's so interesting because we serve a God that is so merciful. And sometimes it could seem like at the expense of the righteous, right? But if we realize that this world is temporary, or temporary, as as I've been pointed out that I say pronounce it with a W instead of R. But I still can say, if we know that this world is temporary, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like when in the text we say, love not your life even unto death, right? Mm-hmm. The prophets got killed wrongfully. You know what I'm saying? But this was all while God was being merciful to Ahab and Jezebel. God could have sent somebody to kill them a long time because they had already committed enough sin. They had, they had already proven who they were, but God gave them generations to repent. It didn't happen in Ahab's time. Ahab, multiple of his sons had reigns. His grandson on the throne in Israel, you understand, in, in Judah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You have generations of opportunity to repent as a, as a nation. And it's not like, it's not like you all have strayed so far away to the point where you are unaware of, it was still 7,000 godly men in Israel, right? I don't know per capita how much that was, but we still had the school of the prophets. We mm-hmm. still had Elisha who was in, 
who was in communication with Joel Ram and Naaman was there. He said, send him to me and you will see that there's a prophet in Israel. You understand what I'm saying? And on top of that, y'all buddies, the, 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 the Jews, the people of Judah, they were favored in the eyes of God. We had Jeho Jehoshaphat, who was a king, and, Eli and Elisha was like, bro, I am only, I am only going to give you all, I'm only going to tell you all what God is saying about this battle with the Moabites because of Jehoshaphat, not because of the king of Edom or not because of one of them kings, Ahab first son. Yeah. You can't start with a chain, you can't remember. And so y'all have evidence, bro. Y'all have, this is, it is abundantly clear that this is by choice that you all have not repented to God, you know? And so God, and this is so funny, this then this can show you the, the timing of God. While Elijah was still around, first Kings days, first Kings chapter 19, while the day or the, the month, the 40 day range, when Jezebel promised to kill you, you were in the mountains. God showed himself to you and he said, yo, anoint Jehu. So God already is making a solution for this problem, for this mm -hmm. idolatry, the idolatry problem in real time. But at the same time, the Lord does not delight in punishing the wicked. But he relents, he he basically gives them time to repent so that all can be saved. You understand what I'm saying? It would have been so much more of a powerful testimony if I, if like Naaman the Syrian, the king of Israel, decided bro, to say that there's no God like the God in Israel. But it never happened. It never happened. And just like no one the bro, after a while, probation gonna close. The door gonna close. You understand what I'm saying? And so it came, it came a time where now prophecy has to be fulfilled. And that's where he anointed Jehu to fulfill the prophecy, thus ending the line of Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel. Jehu was a man on a mission. His first order of business, to destroy all those from the line of Ahab. So far, he's already killed both kings of Israel and Judah. But now, He's in pursuit of the rest of Ahab's line. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nikaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.